Parlays and player props are back for week 12 in the NFL. Today, I got my four favorite props for Sunday, as well as a money line parlay. Last week's video went two and two for the props, but the money line parlay saves the day, hits again. That's two straight in the row. Can we hit three in a row? Find out in a little bit. If you are new, my name's Austin from Calling Our Shot. If you want to go down, do me a favor, go down below, hit that subscribe button, hit that like button too, 100% free. If you want to drop your favorite pick for Sunday, it could be a spread pick, go for it. I'm curious what you guys are playing. And if you want to hear my favorite spread picks, that video was already posted on Friday. You can go check that out. It'll be linked at the end of the video in the pinned comment and in the description down below. You can't miss it. If you ever need any sportsbook sign-up bonuses, all those links are also down below in the description. But this video is brought to you by Chalkboard. Chalkboard is a free group discussion app. We have a chalkboard. It has over 2,000 members in it. It's linked at the top of the description if you want to join. We love to celebrate our winners in there. And hopefully we are celebrating a Moneyline Parlay cashing later on tonight for the fourth or third straight week. That would be absolutely electric. But without further ado, chalkboard linked at the top top of the description. Go check it out. I'll see you guys in there. And let's go to my first player prop for this one. It's a Washington Commander. We're taking Terry McLaurin. Taking his over 61 and a half receiving yards. Minus 115 on DraftKings. Now, McLaurin, I'd probably play this up a couple more yards. I'd say 66 and a half. But I'm confident McLaurin can get into the 70s today as the commanders are at home taking on the Atlanta Falcons. Now, if you look at McLaurin's game log, and we'll pull up the you know his last five games or so, he's been over this line in three of his last five. Now, he's gone under in two of those games with 55 and 56 receiving yards. So he's at least getting really close to this. If you want to take like an alt receiving yards line, he's been pretty good. And today they're going to take on the Falcons, who have a vulnerable secondary. I mean, Falcons have allowed... 15 wide receivers have 60 or more receiving yards so far this season. That's an 11 game. So almost over one per game. And that includes the last two when they actually haven't allowed a 60 or 60 receive 60 yard receiver or longer, but they played against the bears and the Panthers, two offenses that let's be honest, can't really throw the ball all too well, but the Falcons have allowed the fourth most passing yards per game this season. And while their secondary did get AJ Terrell back, arguably their best uh, cover corner, I still do think Tara McLaurin and his connection with Taylor Heineke is very solid. I think this might be, maybe we'll see the commander. The commanders weren't even trailing at all last week against the Texans. Maybe they trail a little bit in this game against the Falcons. Either way, I like Mr. Uh, McLaurin to maybe avenge his, his alum Ohio State's loss yesterday. All joking aside, I think Tara McLaurin has a pretty good day. I like his over 61 and a half receiving yards. If you want to ladder it up, Hopefully he gets over 100 on Sunday, but I think he has a pretty good game. He's been playing pretty well. I like his over. Now let's move on to another player prop that made us some money earlier this season, and it's Foster Moreau of the Las Vegas Raiders taking his over 16 and a half yards for his longest reception. This is minus 108 on FanDuel. Now the, all it takes is one reception. That's what I got to remind people. Just one. It could be the first play, the last play. Could be somewhere in the middle. Could be his only reception of the game. Doesn't matter. Foster Moreau needs a 17 or longer reception, and we cash this bet. Now, if you want to look at his receptions, receiving yards over, I don't hate that either. But if he's going to get the receiving yards over, more than likely he's going to hit this. And sometimes there's games like last week when he had one reception for 33 yards. All it took was one. He hit it, but he didn't go over his receiving yards line. So that's always something to be weary of. But Moreau, like I said, we've taken this play before with him, and he cashed it out. He's hit this in six of seven games so far this year. And I think he's got a great matchup against the Seahawks this week, a team that has struggled against tight ends this season. If you play fantasy football, the Seahawks are giving up the second most fantasy points per game to opposing tight ends. Now, where this is not a fantasy football video, but I think we're going to see a guy like Foster Moreau have a pretty good game. And if you want to take his over 33 and a half receiving yards, by all means, go for it. But I think he needs at least a 17 or yard reception or longer to hit that. Now, in Seahawks games this season, they've been giving up a lot of long receptions. You just look at their last game when they, before their bye week when they were in Germany taking on the Buccaneers. They allowed five receivers, including one tight end, to have at least a 17 yard or longer reception. But 
But not only that, the Seahawks have allowed a tight end to have a 17 or longer reception in nine of 10 games so far this season. The only miss was Zach Ertz. I believe he had a 14 yard reception. And that's not a guy that's really was known this season to have long receptions, a lot more of those you know five yard to 10 yard routes. But a guy like Moreau is hard to take down. He's like six foot four and he's gonna be running those uh, routes up the seam. And I think he's gonna have plenty of opportunities the Seahawks actually have had a decent secondary in terms of their, their cornerbacks, but their linebackers are not great at covering guys. And Foster Moreau is going to be the only tight end really on the field for the Raiders. And I think you'll look at Jesper Horstead, maybe plays three, four, five snaps, but you're going to see Moreau play play beyond the field 95, 100% of the time. They're still down Hunter Renfro, still down Darren Waller. And then Josh Jacobs is a late, late add to the injury report. He'll probably still play, but if he's out, they're going to have to throw it even more. I really like Foster Moreau to continue his dominance, hopefully make the seven of eight games for him this season taking his over 16 and a half yards for his longest reception. Let's keep it moving to another guy. We're taking his over, Isaiah Pacheco of the Kansas City Chiefs. I believe I pronounced his name right. We're taking his over 62 and a half rushing yards, minus 120 on BetMGM. Now, if you want to go for a little bit better value, go for 70 plus rushing yards, plus 114 on FanDuel. Now, the reason this line, in my opinion, is not in like the 77 and a half rush air territory is really because of the matchup as the Chiefs take on the Rams. And the Rams have a pretty good defensive front. They're allowing just the fourth fewest rushing yards per game and 95.3. However, I think volume and game script can get Pacheco over this line. I mean, the Chiefs enter as 15 and a half point favorites. I'm not saying they cover that line, but the fact they're 15 and a half point favorites does give you a good indicator. The, the sportsbooks expect the Chiefs to be up big time in this game, and the Rams are starting a guy for the making his first career start, Bryce Perkins. Will this Rams offense have any more success than they've had in the, over the last, I don't know, 10 weeks? Probably not, but if this could be a blowout, but I still think Pacheco sees a lot of work, maybe comes in the early second half, and the Chiefs are down Clyde Edwards-Alaire now, so it's going to be the Pacheco, going to be the McKinnon show, and I expect Ronald Jones to be called up after, I think he'll probably be called up and play in this game, but serve more as a backup, and McKinnon's not really a guy that's going to be carrying a lot. I mean, you look at the last couple games, we've seen Pacheco at 15 and 16 carries, having 82 and 107 rushing yards the last two. Now, they've obviously been easier matchups than this matchup, but Pacheco has had 62 or more rushing yards in four games, all four games that he's seen 10 or more rush attempts. He's averaging over five yards per carry. And while the Rams have been pretty solid against the run, still five of the last six running backs with 10 or more carries have hit this over versus the Rams. I expect the Rams, if when they're still in this game, if, if they are ever do get blown out, they're at least going to be focused on stopping, you know, Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey. Ever heard of those two guys? I think they'll be betting. They'll be willing to let the Chiefs run the football. And I think the Chiefs are fully capable of doing it. And I think they're going to be like, all right, fine. We'll run the ball. Pacheco's been playing pretty well. 62 rushing yards, 63 is what we need to hit this over i certainly think he has a good chance go get it done isaiah i really like your over today as we just the only thing that could really screw us here this is such a big blowout that ronald jones is the guy getting all the carries towards the end of the fourth quarter but if we can see the rams keep this game within three touchdowns i think i think isaiah has a pretty good shot so we'll take his over 62 and a half rushing yards now for my fourth and final player prop before we get into the money line parlay Taking a guy on this team, my New York Jets, the new starting quarterback, Mike White, taking his under 33 and a half yards for his longest completion, minus 114 on FanDuel. Now, by no means am I saying take Mike White's under in passing yards, although I don't really hate that as a pivot. I think this is the safer route, and you'll understand why. Now, Mike, unlike Foster Moreau, where Foster could hit this on the first play of the game, the problem is Mike White could also hit this on the first play of the game and we could lose our bet. So it's going to be an all game sweat, 60 minutes of sweating, and that's exactly what you want to see. Not really, but either way, Mike White has obviously, obviously replaced Zach Wilson as the starting QB for the New York Jets, who are desperately looking for some consistency at the QB position. Now, do we know if Mike White's going to be the staple for the Jets, the starting QB the rest of the year? I lean towards no, but maybe he's going to come out here and play pretty well, and I think he's certainly capable of it. But there's no guarantee that White finishes this game. If White comes in here and stinks it up for three or four drives, 
would not surprise me at all if the Jets just say, you know what, we've seen enough. We'll put in Joe Flacco or someone else out there. It would not surprise me. The Jets are an absolute mess at the QB position. But either way, the Bears offense on the other side of the field, not necessarily the best. It's, they don't have the best secondary on paper, but they're still allowing the eighth fewest passing yards per game. That's mostly due to lack of volume. They haven't seen really a lot of targets. Well, just pass attempts against them. They do have a very slow moving offense with David Montgomery. And if Justin Fields plays, obviously they just keep the clock running with him running the ball more often than throwing. But I don't necessarily know if Justin Fields will start on Sunday, but it, I don't really think it matters in terms of this prop. You look at Mike White. He started four games last season in replacement of Zach Wilson and Joe Flacco. And, you know, he played pretty well. His longest completion, though, one under in all four games. He had a 22, 26, 26, and 28-yard completion. So he was under in all four games. It wasn't really getting too, too close. These lines can sometimes come down, you know, a yard. We could see Mike White complete a 33-yard uh, pass, but then he obviously needs 34. Sometimes these lines are super sharp, but I think Mike White's number should be in the 28, 29 and a half range, not 33 and a half. I mean, we've seen Mike White come out here, and what he wants to do, he wants to get the ball out of his hands quickly. He's throwing it a lot to his running backs and tight ends, and the Jets have good running backs and tight ends, good at catching the ball, and they don't have a lot, a lot of deep targets. Garrett Wilson, pretty solid, but he's not really a guy that's, you know, known in this Jets offense is going deep and taking the top off the defense. Elijah Moore still, you know, what, what are we doing with him? So I think we're going to see the Jets just be like, you know what, Mike White, snap, get the ball out of your hands. We just want to dink and dunk down the field, use our running game to kind of control the clock, let our defense kind of carry us in this game. And we look at Zach Wilson, sure, you could look at his numbers and see he's at this over more often than not. But he's also a guy that was willing to take risks. Mike White has not been notably known to do that. He's normally a guy that's trying to go under. And for the best way to show this, let's look at the stats from this season for Zach Wilson compared to last season for Mike White. This season, Wilson has attempted 32 of his 189 passes, 70%, to travel at least 20 or more yards down the field. So 20, 30, 40, 50, whatever. Look at Mike White last season, 11 of his 132 passes went eight, went 20 or more yards. That was only 8.3%. And Mike White didn't have a single pass go 30 or more yards down the field. So he was not taking a lot of deep shots. He was maybe at max throwing 20 yards or more down the field. And even if they complete that, they still got to maybe break a tackle or go get you know 10, 15 yards after the catch. So I think if, if some guy wants to go out there and go deep, maybe Mike White changes how he's been throwing the ball, going deep, taking shots. Maybe, maybe that's how this over hits or maybe a guy breaks a tackle or two, but I don't see Mike White taking a lot of chances. I don't think the Jets want to see him taking a lot of chances. Just throw it to Tyler Conklin's, the Michael Carter's, the CJ Uzoma's of the world. Just get us down the field, 5, 10, 15 yarders, a 34 yard pass completion, still pretty tough in the NFL. So give me Mike White's under 33 and a half yards for his longest completion as my fourth and final player prop of the week. But time is now. The reason you guys are here, the Moneyline Parlay. Can we hit three straight weeks? I don't really think we can, but the last two weeks have been plus 727, then plus 743. This week, plus 783. Five teams, let's talk about them. We've got Buccaneers money line, Seahawks money line, 49ers money line, Cardinals money line, and Eagles money line. The Eagles are going to take us home on Sunday night football. Now, I could talk about the Buccaneers as they take on the Browns. I think they can get that done. They're, they're a reasonable three and a half, four point favorite. The Seahawks taking on the Raiders. We'll see if Josh Jacobs is out there for the Raiders. If he isn't, I think the Seahawks will become even more juiced, but I think they can get that done. The 49ers should be able to beat the Saints. That could be a closer game than I think people anticipate. And then the Eagles are taking on the Packers. I know the Packers have been absolutely brutal this year. I think the Eagles, they're at home. They can get it done. The Eagles had a scare last week against the Colts and obviously lost a couple weeks to the Commanders. I don't think they lose two in a row at home. Now, the one line here that is probably going to get a lot of criticism is probably the Cardinals because I think people are going to be betting the Chargers like it's going out of style today because people think the Char I mean, the Cardinals are the only underdog here on this five-leg uh, money line parlay. But 
People think the Chargers, in my opinion, are like a seven and three, eight and two team. They're like the Chargers, Justin Herbert, they got Cleo Mack. They got all these guys. It's like an eight and two team. No, they're five and five. This Chargers team is very overrated, in my opinion. Their defense has not been playing very well. And the Cardinals are coming off an, just an absolutely brutal loss. They stunk it up. That's why they lose 38 to 10 to the 49ers. And they're coming back at home where we saw, I believe, Buda Baker last time they were at home say he's tired of losing at home. He said he went on a whole tirade in his in the in the locker room saying, you know, we guys, we have stunk. They're one and five at home. They've absolutely stunk at home. They have to show up in this game. And I wouldn't be surprised if a lot of people are betting the Chargers. If you want to switch it for the Chargers, go for it. But it couldn't be me. I think the Cardinals have a good chance of beating them. I think Kyler Murray is back for this game. And they got absolutely embarrassed last game where he has, you have the Chargers team that's coming off a crazy defeat where they gave up, you know, last second touchdown three of them to travis kelsey i think the cardinals are in the play here i think there's a reason the lines moving in their favor no they're an underdog they're at home i think they can beat the chargers i'm just saying call me crazy but i think the cardinals have a good chance of beating them plus 783 for five teams all the win i think they got a good chance hopefully it hits we can hit three in a row we're going nuts but let's see if you tell me let me know hopefully we can cash out as always it's just a money line parlay only put a little bit of a sprinkle on it that's going to wrap it up this video if you want to check out our week 12 favorite spread picks videos right here go check it out you definitely enjoy it and as always if you want to join our chalkboard it's the top link in the description i certainly would appreciate it we'll love to see you guys in there hopefully that number grows by a couple hundred today that would be absolutely awesome we're at 2000 let's try to hit 3000 chalkboard members certainly appreciate it i'm austin signing out see you guys back again on monday for monday night football peace out